No, we, you know, I mean, we, we just, we, the bears are what we thought they were. What, what, what we thought they were. Say that one more time, play. One more time. One more time. Present angel, it's time to bear down. Let's get it. You can't the building. We appreciate and love the fact that you guys have been rocking with us this whole season. Shout out to all of you guys. Welcome to the Bear Essentials. On today's show, we break down the Nagy and Pace firing, the McCaskey presser, and all things associated with the GM and coach search. A-Dub, what's the good word, my guy? Man, the good word for me is that everything is kind of chaotic and crazy right now in Bear Nation. That's the good word? Because I don't know if that's good, man. (laughs) Bruh. I've been scared to go on Twitter, man. I'm like, boy, there's some people out here, boy. After that presser, I was like, boy, this fan base is pissed. They've been all over the place with that, man. I get it. Everyone is here, there, and the other, man. So a lot has changed in Chicago. I'm going to give my thoughts in a little bit. But I would say some things have changed, but still some things remain the same, audience. And you guys will know what I'm getting at in a second. But before we get into the negative, I do want to point out some of the positives that have come out from the week. So three of our Bears were named to the second-team All-Pro team, A-Dub. Our boy Roquan Smith, Robert Quinn, and Jakeem Grant, baby. Yeah, salute to those guys, man. But I still hate the biases because some of them should have been all pro, man. You know how I go Roquan. But second, you know, we'll take it, Chris. Well, no, no, they were all pro. They just weren't first team. And I think that's what you might have meant. They they didn't make that first team list. And so, yeah, I I agree there, especially when you got a guy like Robert Quinn, who was second in the league behind T.J. Watt. No reason why he should have been first team. And Roquan, they continue to sleep on this guy. He should have been first team. I think he's the best at his position. But nevertheless, at least Roquan made it all pro this year because last year he didn't make it at all. You're right. Step in the right direction. People are still starting to see what he's doing. But we'll see what happens, man, next year if he continues at this rate. Well, I mean, I don't know what else he's got to do. I mean, the guy had 163 tackles, fourth in the league. So I really don't know what else the kid can do. But at the end of the day, they need to turn on the film and they need to watch some actual football and, and not just go and buy the names on the back of guys' jerseys. But anyway, I'm, I'm going to get off of that. we got much more important things to talk about on this show. Yes, now, sir. audience, as you guys know, Matthew Nagy was fired. Not a surprise. The last time me and A-Dub talked to you guys, we were fully expecting that to happen. Not surprised. The one that surprised me, which I was glad that it happened, was Ryan Pace got fired, too. What was going through your mind when you saw the news that Ryan Pace also was let go? I saw that. I was like, damn, they trying to clean house a little bit. So uh, to see both of them go. (laughs) Damn, when it did, I was like, yeah, you did the right thing. In this case, here, let them both go. We've already talked ad nauseum about how with Nagy, terrible offenses. He scapegoated his assistant head coaches. He didn't get the quarterback situation right, whether it was with Mitch. I also didn't like how he handled Justin Fields this season. Just so many things with Matthew. Being you, whatever. I'm not going to get into all that. But when it came to Ryan Pace, a lot of the things that people talk to us about, Ryan Pace has so much success in those later rounds. But people also fail to realize how Ryan Pace made a mess out of the cap situation. How he had to overcompensate for his mistakes by doubling down on him, for lack of better words. So I feel like Ryan Pace, in a lot of cases, people 
tried to give him the benefit of the doubt. When I looked at his record, A-Dub, I said, in seven years, you got a losing record, bro. You didn't, <laughs> win a, you didn't even win a playoff game. So, good riddance. You hit a good point, Perez. That record right there speaks for itself. And he talks a lot about collaboration. You know him and Nagy always sure. talking about collaboration. Well, guess what? Both of you are part of that collaboration. Now you're both gone, Perez. But you hit a good point when you talk about his history. When it comes down to making up for, for his mistakes, he made a lot of mistakes at that quarterback position that you and I talked a lot about. And, you know, hopefully he got it right with Justin Fields, but too many, too many mistakes. And that's funny that you brought up that whole collaboration thing because they definitely love talking about that. (laughs) But where where was Pace's collaboration when he traded up to get Mitch Trubisky and no one in the room knew he was going to do it because he didn't tell nobody shit? John Fox told us that. He had no idea that they were trading up to draft Mitch Trubisky. Them people in that room was looking at him like, you drafted who? Where's the collaboration then, right? (laughs) Don't talk to me about no collaboration because you ain't collaborate back then. Nah, he did, man. Nah, he did. I guess the lesson learned from him. But again, too many lessons learned, right, over time. And that's the problem, because he was learning these lessons on the job, and basically we went from having a team that should have been a contending team, and look at where we are now. Took some steps back. And you're right, Fred, you got to look at Brian Pace heavily involved in that. I want to talk about the presser, because this was the thing that had Bears Twitter on fire on Monday when George McCaskey went up there and spoke. A lot of us were very happy and surprised by the fact that not only did Nagy get fired, but also Pace as well. Now, when I say happy, not happy that these guys lost their jobs, but for me, I was relieved that we had some change coming in here. We have a clean slate that's getting ready to happen there at Howells Hall. So, Adam, I want to get your thoughts on the presser itself. What did you think about some of the things that George had to say? I was kind of disappointed in George on um, so many occasions when he talked about what he's looking for, in particular, when he talked about, you know, the GM and coach position, he talked about leadership. And I'm like, well, leadership is not our only problem. You know what I'm saying? I thought Nagy gave you some leadership. I mean, we didn't get the wins, but we had some leaders. So to me, it's more than just that part of the game that's important. I knew where he was getting at with that. What it seems like what he wants, he wants to coach that quote-unquote we already had in here. I agree with you in the fact that Nagy was a decent leader of men. I don't think George knows exactly what he wants, if I'm being honest. <laughs> That's what it kind of seems like, man, because the way he speaks that language don't help me. Okay, one of the things that I thought about in this press conference was two things. The biggest thing for me was he went in saying that he is just a fan and he's not an evaluator. Well, bro, you're the owner. <laughs> I need you to be more than a fan, right? Because if you're just right. a fan, then put me in that seat. I'll make some fucking decisions. You don't want to fucking a, see what I'm going to do. You got to put on his uh, talent hat. And also the second thing from the presser for me, and this is the one that I, it made me laugh a little bit, is he went in to say that his mother was very, very disappointed. So I looked at that statement and I said, ooh, so there was two varies in there. There was two varies. So last time she was just very disappointed. Now she's very, very disappointed. I'm like, what's going to happen when she's very, very, very disappointed? Oh, shit. So with that being said, who even knows what even matters anymore? There's a whole lot of nepotism that's going on there at Hallis Hall. When I look at this whole situation, I wonder, so how is it that there's no accountability for him, but then he could go ahead and fire Pace and Nagy? When you look at the job that he's done, it hasn't been impressive as well. And also, I look at Ted Phillips and say, it ain't been impressive for you either. 
So where's the accountability? Because this man had the nerve to go and tell us that the board of directors wanted him to return. And I'm like, so I had to go and look at who was on this quote-unquote board of directors. I saw so many McCaskey names on that board of directors and Ted Phillips and George himself. I'm like, well, of course they asked you to go back. It's the family. It's the family right there. Of course they're going to pick you. What also gets me is he's talking about the GM is going to report up to him now. So you already been screwing up already, right, over this time. And now you're going to also have the role reporting to you? I don't know that's a good idea. Well, he even went on to say that he doesn't have experience with that. So that's something that he's going to have to get used to. And I'm sitting here once again. What has changed? So that's my biggest takeaway from this whole entire situation. Nothing has changed. Back when they got pace, they had to use outside help to be able to get things set up for them. They're doing the same thing right now when they bring in Bill Polian. Now, audience, you guys will remember, I wanted them to have conversations with guys like Polian, guys like Tony Dungy, guys like Trace Armstrong, and so forth. But I still want them to be able to have the, the wherewithal to be able to handle their own coaching searches, their own GM searches, because for me, when I see this, all I wonder is, this is going to be Ryan Pace 2.0. We don't need that right there. Too much issues already happened with this team over, over a period of seven years. What gets me really with his press is nothing has really changed in the far, as far as his involvement. Nothing has changed. It's the same situation. He's uh, owner by default, doesn't seem to have a clue of what's going on, and has to seek outside help. So that was the point that I was making. So, yeah, nothing has changed as far as his involvement. And if in fact... I think we're going to be in the same exact boat. And I think that's what most Bears fans felt after watching that presser. Everyone went from being happy with about a potential fresh change that was going to happen. And then after he started speaking an hour later, all the hope and things that people had, it went away. Because I feel like nothing has changed. I don't think they've learned any of the lessons from the past. So we talked about learning lessons. But what lessons have they learned? I loved how the media asked him a question of, why should fans think that this is going to be any different? And he said, well, they shouldn't. And he says, as a matter of fact, he said, well, whoever we hire, they're probably going to look at that person and probably not be on board with the pick. And he said he understands. So it's almost like he's going into this thing getting and understanding that he has not earned a lot (laughs) as far as as, um, benefit of doubt with this fan base. And he has not done anything to give us any confidence that this situation is going to be any different or better, for lack of better words. He didn't give us any confidence at all, man. And even hearing about Ted Phillips still going to be involved in the interview process, it was like, dang, you still want him in part of it too? So you talking about how much you trust him? I think trust is getting in the way of things too. So it, it, it doesn't help at all. It doesn't help. Don't even get me started on fucking Ted Phillips. This moron's going to sit up here and say, that he had no regrets about Ryan Pace and, and Matt Nagy being hired. Well, if you don't, I have regrets with these guys with you. <laughs> Fuck you oh, talking yeah. about, Ted. Ted. They just need to go have Ted go work on that Arlington Heights project and just stay out of the way. He should not be involved with any of the GM or coaching decisions. He should even be in the motherfucking room. Get him the fuck out of there. Go deal with because, the stadium. Because that voice in the room is actually going to hurt Caskey for sure. Hearing what he got to say, taking what he got to say into consideration, that's too much, man. Now you're going to side back with your guy who you trust. Like you were talking about with Ryan Pace, how things have gone sour with that, back to that same situation again. So what are you doing different like you were talking about, Perez? No, it's nothing different. And when you talked about the new GM is going to report to McCaskey, that new GM 
And one of the things that I did take from the conversation that George had with the media was that that new GM is going to be in charge of all things football operations. So that is one thing that they're taking away from Ted Phillips. However, I just don't like the fact that Ted's going to be in those rooms. That's not a good idea at all, man, with him having them there. George don't know shit like you were saying either. So it's like two, uh, one guy in a room with somebody that know a little bit about something. It was just an awful press conference. He looked uh, petty up there, taking shots at people in the media. Uh, I didn't like what he did, that back and forth he had with David Hall. I thought that was unnecessary. I didn't like the fact that he used JD's passing to chide fans about bullying Matt Nagy at his son's game. It's just a lot of these things that he did there I thought that was really weird. I didn't like the whole situation with Olin Krutz where he pretty much called Olin a liar. Whatever happened mm-hmm. between you two, and if there's some sort of a personal beef, there's a way to go about that situation without airing some situation because Olin Krutz sacrificed so much for this team, and I don't want to really get too much into this situation because I'm not into all that drama and shit. You have to make sure that you respect your former players and you don't throw them under the bus. And most importantly, this guy has sacrificed so much. He's a fan favorite. You got to watch how you talk about some of your former players because some of your current players, they see how you are. And they see this and they're like, oh, shit, what's going to be different between the way that you treated Olin and how you going to treat me in the future? I expected more for George in that aspect of things. But how you got into it with Olin? I was like, look, you don't need to go that route, George McCaskey. You the guy over a team, man. There's no need for you to step into that arena right there and continue with that doing this press. And then you hit on to JD, man. The way he started that press conference off by missing JD, he didn't even need to go that route either. So I just thought that this whole press conference just went sour, man, from the start, really. Well, I think it would have been nice to acknowledge JD because JD was a big part of the organization for a number of years of covering the team for ESPN. However. I didn't think that he needed to go that extra step by weaving that into the Matt Nagy situation. He should have just left it at JD, his son, and moved forward. You know what I'm saying? Like, right, right, right. A lot of stuff that he did during that presser to me was unnecessary. Pitching Bill Polian's book, even though he probably didn't do it (laughs) intentionally, but you keep talking about this guy's book. We don't care. The only thing about this situation when I look at a Bill Polian being involved is, yeah, that does give them some credibility. However, this is the same Bill Polian that was out here talking about Lamar Jackson wasn't a quarterback and that he was a wide receiver. This is also a guy that's a decade removed from the last season that he served in the NFL. The game has probably passed him by. That is the situation where I looked at, well, hey, use that guy, maybe get some knowledge from him, but I don't necessarily know if we need that guy in the room while you guys are making the decisions. The game has changed a lot in the last 10 years. Yeah, absolutely. The game has changed a lot. And when you got guys who are still thinking 10, 20 years ago, that mindset, that's not going to help us today. So you need some fresh voices in the room, you ask me, right? But I think um, I think pulling stuff has some value, some value. But even quoting his book just didn't make any sense to me because, like, what's the book got to do with anything? Hey, we're talking about getting the right people over here with this, with this organization, the right gym, the right coach. The book ain't going to help us with that. We need to do some good searching and some good interviewing. Now, one thing that I will give him some credit on before we kind of go through and, and run through this list of GMs and coaches that are, are going to be getting interviewed here, because we got a lot of interviews on deck for this uh, for this job. But I did like the fact when McCaskey was asked about the identity that he was going to seek, the thing that I liked that he said about these hires. He wanted tough, gritty, smart, opportunistic, and winning football to be 
some of the main parts of that identity. Now, we haven't had much as far as that winning football, and I need that. We need that. We need more toughness on this team. Now, Matt Nagy was a player's coach, and I know everybody was saying he was a nice guy and this and that, but some of what I do want on this football team is someone that's going to hold players accountable. Yeah, maybe he could be a nice guy, but there's nothing wrong with a coach also ruling with a little bit of a heavier fist than maybe what Matt Nagy did. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. There needs to be accountability. We need to make sure that we're cleaning up a lot of the bullshit that was going on with this team, the penalties, a lot of this unnecessary stuff. I talked about Jalen Johnson a couple times, not touching receivers down, Bojack not being disciplined at times. There's just a lot of things that need to be cleaned up. So whoever comes in here, they need to come in here and clean up a lot of the nonsense that has happened with this ball club. Clean up this offense, clean up on defense. I mean, think about the offense really just struggled for the most part of the past few seasons. So really clean that part of it up, but you're right. Most of it kind of relates to discipline. So we got to have, you know, the right people in place to be able to deal with that. But they got their hands full too coming into the, to Chicago, man, because things have not been looking good on that offensive side of the ball. Football fans, who's ready to score some free bets? Now you can when you bet any NFL game this week with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers who bet just $1 on either team to score can win $100 in free bets. When a team scores, you score. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sport Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN, bet $1 on either team to score, and win $100 in free bets. If they score, you score with promo code TPPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania, new customers only. Minimum of $5 deposit and $1 wager required. Restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambler problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Now back to the show. The Bears are not the only team that's looking for a head coach right now. The Giants are looking for a head coach. The Vikings, the Dolphins, the Broncos, the Jaguars, and the Raiders. Now, also, think about this, A-Dub. The Vikings are also looking for a GM, and so are the Giants. So they're in the same boat as us. So when you look through this list of candidates that the Bears have requested permission to interview, you got Todd Bowles on that list. That's a really solid interview choice. You got Brian Dobble from the Bills. You got Matt Eberplus from the, uh, the Colts. He's the D.C. there. You have Brian Flores, the former Dolphins coach that was fired. You have Leslie Frazier, the defensive coordinator from the Buffalo Bills and a former 85 Bear. You have that guy that's on the, on the list here. Nathaniel Hackett, the Packers offensive coordinator. They stretch far and wide on some of these candidates. Byron Leftwich, promising candidate there from the Buccaneers, their offensive coordinator. He's been working with Brady. You got Doug Peterson, the former Eagles head coach that won the Super Bowl with your boy Nick Foles, ain't eh, Doug? Yes, sir. Dan Quinn, the, the Cowboys defensive coordinator. Those are a lot of names right there. So when I'm looking through that list of names, I'm intrigued. Now, one of the things that the McCaskies and with Ernie and Corsi, what they did last time is they were so fixated on getting one of these offensive gurus, which is why we ended up with Matthew Nagy, 
because they wanted somebody that was going to come in here and be able to develop Mitchell Trubisky. Well, in this situation, what George said is, we're not looking for some offensive wonder kid. And it seems like their preference may be more defensive-minded because when you hear the leadership, you want the toughness, you want the grit. It seems like that might be the type of culture they're leaning towards. So when I look at some of these names on this list, well, I would say two of the guys that really intrigue me. But the first guy that I'm really intrigued by is Brian Flores. I really was impressed with the job that he did down there in Miami. Now, I know some people will say, well, Press, he had a losing record. I get that. But you also got to look at what he did with some really bad teams there in Miami. They stripped that thing pretty bare. And I was actually shocked when the Dolphins fired him. And I feel like it might have been more to that situation than Brian Flores' performance on the field. I think it might have been some things that were going on behind the scenes of why he was let go. Because they had some severe roster problems there in Miami. And I don't think the two was the answer. So I think he also was saddled with a quarterback that may not be the solution there. That record was quite an accomplishment that he had. He was only one game under 500 with a rebuilding-ass team. No, you make a good point there, Perez. You talk about him, man. I thought Brian Flores did a good job for what he dealt with. It wasn't a great team for me for me to look at. You look at roster-wise, I mean, he made the best of the situation. So I don't think the guy did a bad job there, man. I got to give him a lot of credit. So you're right. The record don't speak for his value, but it's about results. So he didn't get the results, so therefore he took the blame for it. But overall, as a coaching-wise, he done good. The other guy that I had on my list that I wanted to talk about before I turn it over to you to get your thoughts on a couple of guys as far as the coaching search, and then we'll turn it over to the GM before we get out of here. Todd Bowles is another guy. I've been high on him since the Super Bowl last year. I thought the job that he did in that Super Bowl against Kansas City was top-notch. I think that he should definitely get a nod here. I think he did not get a fair shake when he was a head coach. He was with the Jets. The Jets are the Jets. He wasn't in an ideal situation. The reason why I like him when George McCaskey was there talking about all the things that matter to him, leader, tough, greediness, all those type of things, Todd Bowles is somebody that popped up top of my head. 20 years of coaching experience, and he's had success. I'm not talking about the situation there with the Jets, but think about the success that he's had with some of the other stops. This guy right here is somebody that I really think could be a good get for them, especially if they pair him with a good offensive coordinator that can help develop Justin Fields. So those are just two guys on that list of guys that we kind of ran through that really intrigued me. Audience, if there was a third guy that I'm probably looking at, I would probably say it's someone that we haven't even talked about yet. Jim Harbaugh is somebody that I think that we should give some consideration to. I haven't heard his name mentioned. I don't know if he's interested in leaving Michigan at all, but if he is in fact, Anyway, near if he's like halfway interested in making any sort of a move to the NFL, he needs to be somebody that they're having conversations with. He would be the top coaching candidate on the entire market, and he's somebody that they should definitely have a lot of interest in. When I look at what he did when he was with the 49ers in the NFL, I know that what he's done in Michigan has been kind of so so, but Jim Harbaugh epitomizes even more so the things that seem to be important to McCaskey in this search. Jim Harbaugh understands the tradition here in Chicago. He understands what this rivalry with the Packers used to be because he played in that type of rivalry. He coached Colin Kaepernick, who has a similar skill set to a Justin Fields. But Jim Harbaugh, the more I thought about it, this is another guy that intrigues me. So the three guys that I have that intrigue me, Jim Harbaugh, I like Brian Flores, 
And I also think that Todd Bowles should get some consideration. A-Dub, what say you? I thought about a couple of people. One, I thought about Nathaniel Hackett. To me, it's about Justin Fields. Justin Fields, just the guy we chose for us. We got to make sure this kid can be can, can grow and elevate. Daniel Hackett, seeing what breaks look like at the quarterback position, right? Just seeing, you know, over there watching, just seeing that guy, that bad man they call him. I thought he'd be good for this organization here to help, you know, ignite the offense. So uh, the fact they did it and seen it and understand it, Brian Leftwich, the same thing. Another guy who's seen what greatness looked like with Tom Brady. So I'm like, you over there with one that they call the GOAT. So watching that whole thing unfold, right? How they play on offense. And then you also been around, you know, Bruce Aaron and that tough defense. So you kind of got to deal with what the great offense looked like and also what defense looked like as well. I thought these two right here had a good balance coming from a good foundation from an offense and defense standpoint with the Bears that can help see what great look like. So with Nathaniel Hackett, that wasn't tricking because that basically is someone that's been working with the enemy this whole time. He's been there since 2019. He's led some really high-powered offenses there for the Packers. Worked with Aaron Rodgers, to your point. So that wouldn't be bad, especially pairing with Justin Fields. But however, we've kind of gone down this road in the past with Matt Nagy when it came to the offensive-minded head coach. So I kind of wonder if the plan is maybe to go more on the defensive side, try something different, go in there with a defensive-minded head coach and find one of these offensive coordinators that can work directly with Justin Fields. Because... What I want is a system where the offensive coordinator is calling plays. I don't want another one of these head coaches that wants to be doing multiple jobs. Fuck that. We've been there, done that. I want a coach that's going to come in here and be the head coach of this entire football team. You got me thinking about Lovey Smith now, you know, when Lovey was here. And um, Lovey wasn't the, the great guru on offense. I mean, he's defensive-minded. And um, this team really didn't tarnish that. I mean, he lost. He left the, the team, what, they won 10-6 and six was last season. But we need that kind of mindset. So that coach defensive coordinator, Matt Eberflus, I thought he'd be a good candidate for the Chicago Bears head coaching job because he's done a great job with the coach. But those guys creating turnovers and all that good stuff, man, he plays a big part in that. I know the Bears always talk about creating turnovers, right? Yeah, I mean, he has a ton of experience. He he served some time there with the Cowboys, and obviously he's been a D.C. with the Colts since 2018. He's interviewed for head coaching jobs in the past. And I did hear that he interviewed pretty well with the Houston Texans last year before they ended up hiring Pully. So we'll definitely see. But those are just kind of some of the names that I feel like have definitely been intriguing for me. I know a lot of fans have been talking about Leslie Frazier potentially being someone because he's a former Chicago Bear. His name's been out there. And while I think that he has a lot of the intangibles of things that matter, I personally, I don't necessarily know if I want him to be the next head coach of this ball club. You brought up Lovey Smith as far as that defensive-minded head coach. But one thing you got to remember, A-Dub, the time that Lovey was here, they struggled offensively. And so that's why it's going to be important for us if we do get a defensive-minded head coach to bring a head coach in here that's going to have an offensive coordinator that has a game plan for how to unlock all things Justin Fields. That's the key here. Now, I do know that McCaskey said that Justin Fields probably was not going to have any input in the coaching search. However, he needs to be top of mind. Whoever comes and sits down in front of them, they need to have a plan in place for how they're going to not only change this team all the way around, but the second part of that plan needs to be getting the best out of Justin Fields. It's the future, man. This is a kid who we all say has a lot of potential, has a lot of talent. We can't unlock him with the right coach. That's going to be another disaster. So we got to really think that and make that a priority. On the GM side, 
There's a ton of names on that list, audience. You guys can do your homework and go through that entire list. I'm not going to do that for you, but I will tell you there's a couple guys that intrigue me. The first one is Ed Dodds. He's the coach assistant GM. He's the VP of player personnel. This guy right here, when you talk about talent evaluations, and I've looked at the talent that they've stacked together there with that coach team, this guy right here is one of the best in the business. And I like the fact that he finally got an opportunity there in the coach to show what he could do best. He's been working alongside Chris Ballard since 2017. Chris Ballard is the guy that we should have hired here when we hired Ryan Pace. So this guy right here, Dodds, intrigues me because he's been working side-by-side side with Ballard this whole time. I think he would be someone that would be tremendous. He spent some time there with the Seattle Seahawks organization. The guy knows talent, and this is somebody that I really think the Bears should definitely be going after pretty aggressively. And then the other guy, I think internally, Chad Kelly hmm. from the Chicago Bears. He's been the assistant director of player personnel. He's been here in the building. He knows what works, but he also knows what doesn't work. He's been here since 2015. He's been, a, he's been responsible for evaluating some of the draft players here on this ball club. And there's been previous openings, whether it's with, been for the Broncos, the New York Jets. There's been people that have been looking at him. I think that he could be a sneaky sleeper type of pick here when it comes to that GM search. And I think that it's fair to give a look to somebody that's internally. We're always looking for people outside the organization. But, hey, this is somebody that's here internally that could be someone that we can look at. Another name that just popped up, I lied on this. I got one more guy. <laughs> Elliot, Elliot Wolf, the Patriots director of scouting. You guys may recognize that last name. His pops was Ron Wolf, the former pro personnel guy for the Green Bay Packers. Elliot Wolf spent 13 seasons with the Green Bay Packers. He understands how everything works there with that organization, inside out. He's been over with the Patriots for a number of years. He's reorganized that whole front office this year. And I heard that he's been a big part of that. So imagine a guy like that. I think that's another sleeper candidate that enough people aren't talking about. See, a lot of people keep talking about these big, sexy names. I want to talk about guys that I really think of, they're going to roll up their sleeves and they're going to actually get things done. And a guy like Elliot Wolf. He's another one that really intrigues me. Come from a good culture, good background. You're right, Perez. He's one of those guys, low-key, low-key, man. Does his job, does a great one at that. A guy that intrigues me is Jeff Ireland. I thought with the Saints, he's what, sister GM there, being part of that coaching with Sean Payton. I mean, I think he's come from a good foundation and knows a lot. So for me, I thought a guy like him could also come over and do a good job. Oh, A-Dub, I don't know about that one. I know um, – there's been a lot of people that have been kind of firing back and saying that they hope that they go after anybody except for <laughs> Ireland. But he does have ties to the Bears organization. A lot of people don't probably know this, but he was a ball boy for the Bears for almost, I think, I forget how long it was, but I know it was over a decade. But, yeah, you're right. He's been with that Saints team there, been part of their player personnel. So he probably is somebody that they'd probably be intrigued by, but think about Ryan Pace. He came from that type of tree. Before. Yes, true too. But Ireland also was with the Dolphins at one point in time. So he served uh, roles there and also with the Cowboys as well. So he does come with a lot of experience. I just don't know if that name is going to be as popular, but hey, we'll see what happens. So you heard it from us here. Those are just a couple of the names that intrigue us here with this coaching and GM search. Elliot Wolf and Dodds, those are going to be like my top two guys. And I would love for them to give Champ Kelly a shot, listen to him there, see what he's got 
to say, even if it's just for to get his two cents on probably what didn't go right, because that's information that's going to be valuable and making sure that they understand. So that part. And then also, I really like the McCaskey. One of the few things, I'm going to give him a little bit of credit here. They talked about Sue Campbell and Tanisha Wade as being two people that were going to be a part of these GM and coach interviews. I like that because they're also taking into mind of having not only just diversity of people, but these are two African-Americans that have been in this organization. They want to get their two cents. Look at your roster. Look at your players. Your players are majority African-American on this team. So you have to have that diversity and diversity and mindset, but just diversity all the way around. So I do like the fact that these two people, uh, Sue Campbell and Tanisha Wade, are going to take part in these interviews. So that's going to be really key. Audience, we're going to have an episode next week where we're going to give our breakdown on the interviews and kind of give our thoughts on how all that kind of stuff is going. So this is just part one of which is going to be many episodes we're going to talk about until we get the GM and coach hired on this ball club. And lastly, audience, before we get out of here, don't forget to check out our Winter Circle episode. That will be downloaded a little bit later on today. We're going to be doing the wild card edition there. 71% hit rate on the season. Make sure you stay in tune with us. We're going to be kicking off that Winter Circle all the way through the Super Bowl. We're going to continue to get this money. It's a dope-ass episode, and we are out. Thanks for listening to The Very Sentence. You can find this show wherever you get your podcast. We appreciate your continued support and for making this a top 10 Chicago Bears podcast. As always, Bears Nation, come down with us. of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. 